When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Joe Pugh for IFL TV. It's Monday morning, start of a new week. Joined by Gareth A. Davis once again. Good weekend, Gareth. Very good, thank you. Very busy. Um, pleased for Ryan Garcia against Oscar Duarte. Some weird body shapes from him when he was being defensive. Uh, Jordan Gill, phenomenal against Michael Conlon. Um, disappointed for Michael, um, but um, very happy for Lewis Crocker as well. I mean, he drew um, Tyrone McKenna, who's retired, by the way. Did you see that? Um, Tyrone is someone I, I, I really like Tyrone very, very much. Obviously, he's been an actor as well and all sorts. Um, he got drawn into a war there, didn't he? And Which he didn't need to do. But fair play to Crocker and fair play, play to both of them. What a scrap. Um, but Crocker got into his head in fight week and made him go very macho, which suited Crocker. Um, Talk Sports Studio, do you, you're asking me? Talk Sports Studio, so I was up late with that. Talk Sports Studio on Saturday night, we had um, Echo Esselman in. He was phenomenal to talk to. I don't know if you know, he grew up in, for many years in Botswana with Ghanaian parents. Very academic family. His mum worked in worked in a fashion company. Very educated kid, a man. Um, I really like Echo, and he didn't have the air of a man that had been beaten um, by Harry Scarf, who I must congratulate, which I didn't do enough on Saturday night on his victory. Very close fight with those two, um, and uh, and Royston Barney Smith was in the studio with his young brother Noah as well. And again, Royston is someone, I mean, I, I mean, you know, I have a good relationship with the traveler race and, and, and enjoy the fact they, they love boxing as their national sports. And I love talking to the travelers about boxing. Um, and he was great to have in the studio. What a mature young man he is at 19 and beautiful skills in the ring as well. Yeah, I was at so his... I am. Monday morning, loads of interviews, Bob Aram tonight on the zoom. Um, Recording for William Hill, um, get myself a little bit organised for December 23rd for Day of Reckoning, bit of documentary work I'm doing, Dublin later in the week for uh, Professional Fighters League, talk sports show on Saturday night, Bournemouth with uh, Chris Billum-Smith and Matthias Masternak. Are you going down? Yes, I will be in Bournemouth on Sunday. It's all full steam ahead until December the 23rd, yeah. really, Gareth. It all leads up to that. It but- is. I was at uh, Royston's fight on Friday night and, yeah, some superb skills on display. But we'll start with Michael Conlon versus Jordan Gill. 
a fight that played out how not many people were expecting it, fair to say, Gareth? Yeah, they, it was. I mean, I picked Michael Conlon to win based on previous skills, the, what he's done in his career, but you couldn't write Jordan Gill off. And it was always going to be a dangerous fight for Conlon because he had everything to lose in it in many ways. Um, but, you know, Jordan Gill, I thought was fantastic. You know, showed his power, had clearly worked on a very clinical game plan, trying to exploit Conlon in the mid-range, hurt him, carried up on it. I think the stoppage was right. I was very saddened to learn about Jordan Gill feeling suicidal a couple of months back or after the defeat to Kiko Martinez. Very saddened to hear about that. Jordan's a fantastic person. I don't know him intimately, but I know him enough to know that he's a great guy. Um, and I'm just so pleased that he found someone to speak to in, in the moment of darkness. Um, and it's a very important message that um, pe when people are in moments of darkness, they, they do need other people to talk to. And it is important to reach out. Um, depression hits people. Um, people feel very affected by letting people down when they've lost a fight, you know? Um, and, and I mean, I said this to someone earlier as well. I, I think it's really important, even, even though that there's a lot of aggression and, and volatility in comments on social media, please try and not hammer people when, when they're down. Try not to put the boot in when people are down because when they've just faced a, a loss or been knocked out, because it definitely does affect them. Yeah, certainly. And before the fight, we was talking about Michael Conlon potentially getting that Leewood rematch next year, potentially Josh Taylor, uh, Josh Warrington fight. Are those the fights we're now looking at for Jordan Gill for 2024? Yeah, I mean, I think um, obviously Lee Wood and, and Jordan Gill are close, but I still think they yeah. should fight, in my view. I mean, I, I, I do business, basically, do it. Um, that's, that's a terrific fight. Um, does Jordan Gill stay at Super Feather now? Um, I think Lee Wood probably fights Joe Cordina at some point next year. Um, I think that that those stars align probably to have that fight, but yeah, um, it's a it's an onwards and upwards uh, victory that for for Jordan Gill and Michael Connell needs some lick his wounds. He said it publicly again. He's a guy that is transparent. Needs to spend time with his family, think about his future. I think you know, obviously he's had the three stoppage losses now to Leewood, um, Luis Alberto Lopez, and uh, and now Jordan Gill. So he's got a lot of thinking to do. I, I don't put retirement on anyone. It's up to them to do it. Um, but he will think about his future, I'm sure. He's probably still got more left in, in the tank. The, the saddest thing for him is the two losses in Belfast where he's he, he's loved, absolutely adored in what is an amazing fight town. Belfast one of my favourite cities. Do you think Mick Conan may have suffered from a little bit too much expectation on his shoulders? Because all the way from his pro debut, Madison Square Gardens, then headlining Belfast, and everyone kind of expected him to become a world champion. It just hasn't quite come, has it? Well, it was the robbery in the Olympics, wasn't there, yeah. in 2016? Um, the, that he was very vocal about being signed by Bob Arum. Like, say, high-profile launch in the, in the Hulu theatre and 
Madison Square Garden. I was there that night. Conor McGregor obviously walked him out. It was a bonkers night. You, you probably weren't involved at that stage. It was a bonkers night. It was a fantastic launch of his career. Um, like you say, he, 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 he's, he's got thoroughbred boxing skills. Um, he's a very much a technician. Um, but maybe, you know, he's, he's well, it, people will talk about his punch resistance at this point. But for me, his skills should be able to get him out of trouble. But you, you can't go in the shower and not get wet. So it's a difficult one. You've got to leave it with Michael Conlon and where he decides to go from it. But I think you should stay at featherweights, in my view. Yeah, we'll go from Belfast to Texas then. Uh, just a few hours later, Ryan Garcia versus Oscar Duarte. He got the stoppage in the end in what ended up being quite a controversial week. What was all going around the fight, apart from the actual fight. But what did you make of Ryan Garcia's actual performance in the ring, first of all? Well, the ring was dominant. Um, I think, was it eighth round stoppage in the end? I think yeah. eighth, wasn't it? I remember, it was very late by the time I was watching it. Um, I got back from Talk Sport, and it's that, it's that thing of um, get home about 2 a.m. after the late show, and you four hours. You know, it's our life, isn't it? Um, I thought he was dominant early. I thought it was great. But then he, he, he started to switch to that weird sideways movement where he wasn't kind of covering himself properly with the shoulder roll and was getting caught a little bit, looked a little bit vulnerable, and then bang, real power from him and, and a great finish. Um, it was the right stoppage from the ref. Um, I think Oscar Duarte was very hurt, um, but Duarte was a banana skin, a very dangerous opponent with a lot of records. And obviously, you know, he was he was loading up every time. I thought um, I thought Ryan handled the fight very well. Glad to see him back. Happy for Derek James and he as well, um, which has opened the door for Ben Davison to work with Anthony Joshua, which I find fascinating. And it's only good for him. Only good for him, in my view. Ben Davison and Baza there in the gym will be fantastic for Anthony Joshua. They're a lively, happy. A deep, conscious gym. And I think all of those things will suit Anthony Joshua. It wouldn't surprise me to see him working even more and more with Ben, um, in my view, because he's such a great person. He wants to improve the person, not just the fighter. And, and, and Ben is a very old, wise head on very young shoulders. Um, and he doesn't take himself too seriously as well. People think he does, but he does. you know Ben. Um, he's, a, he's a phenomenal guy. He's a, he's a blessing to our sport and he's a blessing to a lot of boxers. Um, so happy for Derek James. And uh, I, I'm, bl I'm glad that Ryan Garcia is back on track. I'm a huge supporter of his. I think he's great for the sport, great for young people that follow him. And he also kind of gave it back to Oscar De La Hoya and Bernard Hopkins last week and said, listen, I'm the fighter. This is how I feel. I've suffered from anxiety in the past. I'm, I'm going to be open about things. You're talking openly about me and, and how I feel. I'm going to talk openly about you. Boom. Great, great handling of the week. And it and it generated massive headlines. Yeah, we kind of spoke, I think it was Friday morning, about Ryan's kind of outburst at Bernard Hopkins and Oscar De La Hoya. Since then, 
very strange tweets from Oscar De La Hoya, kind of questioning his mental health, his confidence. Have we ever seen that before between a, a fighter and his current promoter? Um, yeah, they do fall out from time to time, but it, but it's normally when they've had the divorce and they're not working mm. together anymore. Um, they're they they're kind of they're, they're having they're falling out of love in front of us bit by bit, tweet by tweet. Um, but they're, they're quite similar characters in some ways. They're both golden boys, aren't they? They're both kind of golden boys for the American public. Um, Oscar's wears his heart on his sleeve anyway. Um, and I think Ryan's come around that way as well. And it's helped him with his anxiety. Um, I mean, if you were to predict, I don't know what how many fights they've... I don't know the actual deal of how many fights they've still got signed together. Um, but you'd suspect that Ryan Garcia may move on at some point. I think he'll be very active in 2024. I love the fact that he is chasing... Um, it's, a, it's a Devin Haney fight now he's chasing, isn't it? Which I love. Yeah, there's been a lot of names thrown about. I think in the post-fight press conference, he even addressed Shakur Stevenson's performance from the week prior to that. And you got the winner of love Devin to see that as well. Love to see that. Love to see that. Yeah. There's so many fights. There's even the 140 WBA title, which is held by Roly Romero. But then O'Hara Davis could be mandatory for that after he fights Barroso. So that kind of 135 slash 140 division, there's so many cogs turning. But who would you like to see Ryan Garcia fight next? Well, any of those. Yeah. Um, Shaka Stevenson is a difficult fight for him, but it's a fight I'd love to see. I'd uh, love to see go, him go after Shakur with his power. Will Oscar De La Hoya and Bob Arum work together? Will they go from DAZN to ESPN? They've got to make that a super fight in lots of ways. I mean, I'd love to see that fight. I don't see it happening straight away. Um, I'd like to see him in with Devin Haney. Because I, I, the thing is, he reminds me many years ago of Amir Khan who he's vulnerable going into his fights, but he's got amazingly fast hands, a great, um, a great record in many ways, and a great pedigree to his boxing. Um, and, and that vulnerability that, you know, is, is he feeling okay? So, you know, he's got the whole package in lots of ways. Um, I don't think he's ever going to be pound for pound number one. Javonta Davis, maybe, Devin Haney, maybe, Shakur Stevenson, maybe. They're the three golden boys, Keyshawn Davis. They're the three golden fighters of, of the American, that 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 kind of, um, well, 135 to 140 at the moment, as you say. Um, but I, I'd, I think Roly Romero is a good fight for him. And I think because Garcia is a, a, one of the golden geese of those weight divisions, they may well end up doing that fight. On that night as well, Gareth, there was another fight announced, Jaime Munguia versus John Ryder. Another brilliant opportunity for John Ryder, coming off the back of a really kind of strong, but hard-fought performance against Canelo in Mexico, in the Lions' Den. And once again, another fight onto this amazing renaissance in John Ryder's career at super middleweight. Yeah, and Munguia is a serious opponent. He's heavy-handed. He likes to go at it. Um, his dad was a heavyweight, by the way. That's why you forget that Munguia's big-boned. Um, and like you say, 
uh, John Ryder's stock rose. I love John, he's a fantastic guy. Um, his stock rose with that performance against Canelo. Uh, the humility he showed afterwards as well. Um, he's a very tough man. He's probably only got a couple of fights left, John, in my view. And this is another high-profile event. Um, and uh, January the 27th, isn't it, in the United States? Phoenix, is it Phoenix? Um, I believe so. Uh, I've got it here. I was looking at it just before we came on, actually. It's, um, yeah, Phoenix, Arizona, the Footprint Center. Um, so, obviously, Oscar De La Hoya announced that. It's great news um, um, for John Ryder. Munguia is, I think, ranked nine at the moment, certainly by the Ring magazine, super middleweight division. It's a good matchup. Styles make fight. This will be a great fight. And I, I think John may well come away with a victory in this one. And again, propels him potentially into higher up that division with, with he could even fight for a world title again before he's done. Um, but like you say, he's found himself at 12 stone at 168 pounds. It's the division he belongs in. When he boiled down for years at middleweight and it wasn't right for him. Yeah, and with John Ryder kind of since the Callum Smith controversial decision going over kind of from Danny Jacobs, uh, Alexandra Palace, he got the decision that night. Is it a, one of those really feel-good stories when someone moves up in weight and just unlocks a whole new level to their game? Absolutely. Look, the gorilla, as we call him, who is like the dark, the darker-haired version of Canelo Alvarez. You remember when they were standing next to each other? They It was almost like you were watching a dark and a... And a, and a ginger colour in the mirror together. It's incredible that they were almost physically the same. When I look down, when I look down the, the I've got it up here, the 12 stone division at the moment, um, there are Caleb Plant I'd love to see him in with, for example. Exactly. You got excited when I mentioned that. That's a great fight for John Ryder. Um, even, even at some point, we could see him face David Benavides, you know? I know. But we want Saul Alvarez and David Benavides next year as well. But there's... Um, I, I've always thought he and Caleb Plant, John Ryder and Caleb Plant, would have a, a great fight. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was the one that I picked out. Um, you know, there's... there's. I mean, John, John is 10 with, with both uh, the IBF and the WBO. Um, so that there's, he's reached a level where he deserves big fights, put it that way. Um, and, and you could see him fighting a Munguia, fighting Caleb Plant, fighting a Benavidez before. He might get to fight Benavidez before Saul Alvarez does. Yeah, another division, that super middleweight division where all those calls can turn. We'll get some great fights, hopefully, for 2024. But at the start of this interview, Gareth, you did mention your TalkSport show on Saturday night. I did catch a little bit of that when you was talking about Conor Ben and Chris Eubank Jr. And Spencer Oliver has been very vocal about this whole situation for the past 14 months, as of you have, and he come out and openly backed the board. So with that being said, if this fight does go ahead, and we'll talk about potentially the ramifications of the PBA in a minute, but if that fight does go ahead for... Feb 3rd or whenever without as many people say it being fully cleared up. Do you think there will be some public outcry and 
kind of outcry within the boxing world? I know. I think people want to see the fights. Yeah, there'll be there'll be outcry within the boxing world. Yes, there'll be outcry journalistically about it. Um, if it does go ahead on February the third at, at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and you'd think that they'd start selling tickets just before Christmas anyway, um, if they're going to announce that, that um, it will be under another uh, the auspices of uh, or the umbrella of another um, organisation, you know, um, won't be the Boxing Board of Control because the hearing. Uh, appeal hearing for the jurisdiction case is on, is, we're hearing is in January. So if it does go ahead, it'll be under another board. We've still got Chris Eubank to get signed up, as Eddie revealed at the weekend. I think they were teasing the story out a little bit last week to see what reaction would be like. Um, the Boxing Board of Control, Connor Ben's lawyers, Eddie Hearn, they are at loggerheads over this, there's no question. I My view is it's similar to Spencer Oliver's view is that Conor Ben's better off going out there and actually clearing his name um, and doing the consumption part, not just the jurisdiction part, and clearing with the evidence that he's got, and he says he's innocent, that it was consumption of food, not a pharmaceutical, that found clomiphene in his system. Because then he can just go and carry on his career and say, I have cleared my name. At the moment, it's half cleared, in my view. It's cleared over jurisdiction, but it's not cleared with the Boxing Board of Control over the consumption um, and strict liability. The risk for him is that he might get banned retrospectively or suspended retrospectively till August. But then it's done, you know? Um, we know he's fought in the interim, mm. um, but that was long grassed. In, in, a, in a quiet comeback. This is Eddie wanting to put it on big time in the UK, captivate and capture hearts and minds of the British audience. But it, it just doesn't seem right until they've had the full procedure uh, and, done, and done the whole thing. It's, it's certainly not going to go ahead under the Boxing Board of Control um, in, in Feb on February the 3rd, I think. Because I don't, I can, even if it's... Even if... the board lose their appeal in January, they will still say, yeah, but we need to clear up strict liability, um, even though you've won on jurisdiction grounds. My feeling, Joe Pugh, on this Monday morning, as it gets greyer and greyer, is that there's still a cloud over this, and I think it will get delayed. They'll either go ahead with another commission, and they'll announce it soon, but what happens to Chris Eubank then and his license? Um, my feeling is they'll delay this till later on next year. Eddie Hearn did say in an interview on Saturday night after that Belfast show that he has spoke to the PBA, PBA, the commissioning body that are probably most famous for doing the misfits fights. I know you've been your mates, the misfits. You, you've been at the Misfits as well. You enjoy the Misfits as well, Gary. I do. No, I'm not saying I don't. I'm teasing you. I, yeah, I, I know, I, I know. Um, yeah, so what do you think of the PBA? And do you think they could get involved with well, I a huge I, I mean, they, pro fight? Yeah, the PBA are a sanctioning body that, that you know, that, 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 you know, the Boxing Board of Control are not a government organisation. Um. None of the sanctioning bodies are statutory bodies. Everyone 
This is why boxing is the wild west. This is why boxing is a business. And, and that's why when you get big fights, it's like companies, big corporations coming together to create multi-million dollar deals. And that, that's why it's a complex, nuanced business, why it, it, it is, and it is complex. And that's why everyone's got vested interests in it. Um, that's why it's unsolvable. Um, I have no issue with the, with the Professional Boxing Association. Um, they haven't done anything enormously wrong so far with the Misfits events. And as you say, I've been to, I've worked on five or six of them. Um, some of them presenting and interviewing and all those kind of things. And they've been interesting. I'd rather be involved and around it than sitting in an armchair from afar, um, you know, pulling my hair out over it. Um, because it does have its merit in some way. Um, and sometimes I feel a little bit, I don't know, I feel I have mixed feelings about it as well. I have all sorts of feelings about it. But um, that is an option, as he said. He's teased that out there as an option. Um, they could go ahead with them. But the problem then is getting Chris Eubank, which is why I think they've got an issue, it's getting Chris Eubank to sign up to fight under their auspices. How does that affect him then? Going back to the boxing board of control, is he going to be banned for being in, in or have his license suspended for being in a what the boxing board of control would classify as unlicensed boxing, which is what happened with David Hay and Derek Chisora back in 2012 with the Luxembourg board when Hay's license had lapsed and Derek Chisora was banned at the time or his his license was suspended for brawling with David Hay in Munich, Frank Warren went ahead and did it with the, with the Luxembourg board. He found a way around it. Um, so there's always a way, um, but it's, it's how it's seen morally, ethically, and from the people on the inside. I mean, if it goes ahead, I'll still be covering it because you've got to be there. You can't not be there. Yeah, something else that Eddie Hearn also said in that same interview is that it revealed a little back and forth, an exchange of words at the Day of Reckoning press conference between himself and Jarrell Miller. Eddie and Jarrell worked together for a number of fights before everything that transpired with his doping scandal in 2019 when he was meant to fight Anthony Joshua. And he revealed that Jarrell said to him that the next time he's in New York, he's going to get someone to pull up on him. Oh, yeah, quite threatening behaviour. Again, not something we hear every day in the boxing world, Gareth. Well, I, I, well, I hope it doesn't pull up on him. Um, you know, um, they, they, uh, he and Anthony Joshua, Gerald Miller and Anthony Joshua had it out, of course, on the dais for the press conference for the Day of Reckoning, didn't they? Um, Eddie Hearn and Gerald Miller don't like each other. Eddie loves a beef. Um, I, I, I know who I'd pick as the winner in that one, in that street fight. But Eddie runs fast, and Gerald, Eddie can run 5Ks quickly. Gerald Miller wouldn't be able to keep up with him. Um, so I've got Eddie in the foot race, but Gerald Miller on the cobbles. I, listen, I hope it doesn't come to that. Um, but obviously, the beef goes all the way back to 2019, was it? And the, uh, the Madison Square Garden fight. And, and obviously, the argument is around, um, you know, Gerald Miller pulling Eddie Hearn up on the Conor Ben um, clomiphene situation and Eddie Hearn biting back and saying, no, your, your drugs cases were completely different to this. So it's, it's a roundabout. It's a very, 
it's a very spiky subject with all of them but uh, yeah listen at least they're having it out in public that's what sells fights as well and uh, will no doubt sell a little bit of or put a little bit of fire under the December 23rd day of reckoning event I've always got on with Gerald Miller um, he served his time um, I, I go back to the days when he was kickboxing against the likes of Mirko Krokop 10-12 years ago in, in glory I think it was 10-12 years ago I remember doing an event at the forum in Los Angeles where they fought each other um, you know Gerald is very handy at selling fights and I think Daniel Dubois has got his hands full against him when those two meet in the ring. I'm really looking forward to that fight. There's so many subplots around the day of reckoning. Eddie Hearn, Jarrell Miller, Jarrell Miller, Anthony Joshua, Eddie Hearn, Frank Warren. Do you think we're going to see kind of some of this blow up, spill over around fight week? And uh, what, what do you think we are to expect on the 23rd of December and the days leading up to it in fight week? Well, I don't think the Saudi Arabians want there to be brawls on stage in Riyadh and all of that kind of stuff. But, the, you know, there's the, you, there's a certain vim and vigour and a zeal in fight weeks, which you can't really get away from. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, I think I think there'll be plenty of animosity on on that stage. There's a lot of egos up there and there's a, um, there's a lot of big names. I mean, it's 10 of the top 15 heavyweights with all the sanctioning bodies are, are on that card. Um, I mean, it's extraordinary, really. I was talking to Mauricio Suleiman about it the other day, and uh, it can only be good for the heavyweight division, only good for boxing, uh, that they've got all these fighters under the same umbrella. Frank Warren and Eddie Hearn on the same day as together on the same event. Eddie Hearn bringing his fighter to, to what is ostensibly a, a, a Frank Warren card. Um, Joshua and Wilder just feet apart. You know, they did a, a filming. They did filming last Friday around it all. Apparently, promos amazing. Um, you know, there's photo shoots gone on with all of these guys in the same room that happened a few weeks ago at the press conference. No, it's brilliant for us and it's brilliant for boxing. It's brilliant for them as well. It certainly is. And just to finish up, Gareth, we're going to look ahead to this weekend. Huge fight in the 140 pound division Regis Progre takes on Devin Haney Devin Haney's first fight up at that super lightweight division after vacating a, a couple of his belts last week from that 135 pound division how do you see this fight playing out because it is huge isn't it well I, I've loved the back and forth with the two guys the face to face the the head the head to heads the the gloves are off style stuff that uh, that's been done with them Really, really enjoyed it. Um, they're both talkers. They both believe in themselves. I've known Regis a long time. Devon and his dad are phenomenal characters. Um, Devon's got skills all day long. Regis will come hunting for him. Loves a fight. Um, again, uh, as we saw, obviously Regis is notably Southpaw. So as we saw with uh, Vasil Lomachenko and Devon Haney, he handled him early in that fight. He didn't handle him so well later on. Devon's got to show uh, a bit of power in this fight as well. Sit down his punch a little bit like he did in the second uh, Cambosos fight. But I think he'll be elusive early. Regis will hunt for him. I just think Devon might outskill him in this fight and show how good he really is. But it's a terrific prospect. It's unmissable. 
Um, two great characters in the sport, two men at the peak of their powers, or maybe Devon hasn't even got to the peak yet of his powers. Massive task for him. Love the Japanese, he stepped up a weight division. Um, I just think Haney, if Progre is there at the end, still firing hard in rounds 10, 11, and 12, it's going to go down to the wire. But I think Haney may well get ahead a early. But at the same time, if, if Regis traps him and gets him in a fire, firefight, it could be Progre to win as well. But I've got to do my picks for William Hill this week, and, and, I, and I'm going for uh, Devin Haney on points. And finally, back in and finally this country. Again. Sorry, but Bournemouth, Gareth, Bournemouth. We've got to quickly talk about it. Chris Binham-Smith, first title defence after beating Lawrence Coley earlier on in the year. Masternak, a really, really game-tough opponent. It yeah. could be a banana skin for Chris Binham-Smith. I'd forgotten that Masternak hadn't fought for a world title till now, even though he's fought world title guys, uh, world-level guys. He's got to be on his game. I, he's really got to be on his game, but he seems incredibly focused, the gentleman, um, gentleman Chris. Um, I think he gets the job done. Uh, I think he wins on points as well, but Masternak may push him to the limit in this fight, but I really want to see Billum Smith in with React Poor in a unification next year um, and maybe in with Lawrence Cole again, unless Lawrence is going up to Bridgeweight, which is what I'm hearing all the time. Excellent, Gareth. I'll see you in Bournemouth on Sunday for uh, that fight. Strange one on a Sunday, but hopefully, uh, yeah, we'll catch up with you then. Sports Social Podcast Network.